Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. Uh, A weekend of warmer than normal temperatures. But, again, some rain in the horizon. Can't wait. It is really the thing that's going to make the difference is a good rain. Um, We are so much still in a drought. We have not recovered anywhere near what we should have in terms of water. And for the last week, I've been rather depressed about it, but I've pretty much written off my landscape. If there's anything growing, it's a weed. I don't think many plants are still going at it. Well, Friday, my wife goes, hey, you need to come outside and come look with me. And we go outside, and everything I thought was dead is either blooming or is coming back. Um, I have two roses that I effectively quit watering, you know, six weeks ago or so. In the worst of the heat, they got new leaves. That one rain was enough to fire them back up, and they have new leaves coming out. My lantana, oh my gosh, there are so many blooms on it. It's just overwhelming. I've got schoolhouse lilies coming up, even things like my grasses. My gulf muley could look a lot better, but the fact that there's green grass blades coming up out of it, after all of this terrible weather, is so promising. It only took one rain, one decent amount of rain, and I'm back in business. Now, I'll be realistic here. My loquats look terrible. And my burrow looks like it never missed a beat. My crepe myrtles, they lost, uh, they had a lot of leaves go orangey crisp on me, but they're still going on. I'm even getting some new blooms on them. And I have a Texas sage that you can't see any green on it. It's nothing but purple. It just exploded here the last few days. So I'm assuming we're going to get some more rain. According to my plants, there's more on the way. And stuff I had in containers, I'm seeing new growth on them. On lavender, on my bay, on my rosemary, these are trying to come back from a from our weather. So uh really really happy 
really happy that they're, they struggled, but they're coming back. They're, they're starting to come back. Now, I have yet to see any, I have yet to see any, blooms on my fruit trees. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But I won't be surprised if it does bloom. We see that sometime after these severe shocks. Right? they're not going to produce fruit. They're going to try to bloom, and it's going to be okay. Considering the weather we went through and the conditions and, you know, how terrible it was, it is just an issue that the trees are reacting to. And if they bloom, if you suddenly have peach or pear or plum blooms, you're not going to get fruit. It, it, it's not going to fruit out for you. So you don't have to worry about it. We need the rain. The rain is going to cure, cure the best thing we need to cure the soil and get it moisture and get the soil biology working again and get the plants able to set roots and to make new growth and to have fruit. And the second key will be the nighttime temperatures. Now, Saturday and Sunday, the nighttime low is going to be like 78 and 76. Wow, that's really hot. Many plants are still not going to produce with that nighttime temperature. But starting Monday to Tuesday, the nighttime low is 72, and then it's going to be in the 60s. The low is going to start in the 60s. That is perfect weather. That is tomatoes erupting and producing lots of blooms and fruit. It's really, really good weather. So hopefully between the drop in temperatures and some rain, we are going to see a big recovery, a big recovery. Are you still, are you still going to possibly lose plants? You bet. You betcha. Hopefully it'll be very few. And that's all you should really be doing this weekend. Go out there and start to assess the damage. What are you going to replace? What's coming back you didn't expect? 
you could be in for quite the surprise. And by surprise, I mean good surprise. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. You know, I need to slow down here, don't I? Anyway, I, I got asked, I got text a question, and <clears throat> I, I really don't know the answer to it, but the question is, acorns are falling off of oak trees. Is that an indicator for an early winter or a harsh winter? I don't know. I've not heard that local saying about when the acorns fall and what that means in the long run. I'm sure... I'm not sure that there's any relationship, but I'm also not sure of what the relationship would be. Not every tree, not every oak is shedding their oak or their acorns. And uh, some oaks didn't produce any acorns this year. So I don't know if it's fair to consider that as part of the judgment. I guess. You know, I know that um, people will say you you can't plant your tomatoes till the mesquite trees bloom. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of times it's just coincidences. So I don't know what to say about acorns falling now. Is that good, bad? Is, you know, is it a bad winter, a good winter? Is it going to be lots of cold? I don't know. Don't know. Um, I'm hoping it's for the best. I'm hoping it's for the best. Uh, getting questions about fertilizing your turf grasses. Give it another week. This 100 degree weather, your turf grasses are like, I don't care, I'm not hungry. I'm dying of heat here. So let it go. But starting next week, you're probably t talking a good period of time, especially when we start getting rain and cooler weather that your turf grasses will use the fertilizer to start producing more roots, meaning they'll look better and have more green to them. But I think we're still a touch hot. I think we're still just a touch hot before uh, you want to really get uh, a heavy coating of any kind of fertilizer. And you always want to use an organic type fertilizer. With this kind of heat, you don't want a chemical fertilizer that's going to be forced into the plant. You want one that the plant will eat as it needs it. Now, 
It isn't a bad idea at all to fertilize your turf for the winter. You'll hear people say um, you're winterizing your turf. I, I don't really like that term. Um, it, I get the idea, but what we're doing is you're making sure that the turf can store up lots of food, can produce good, strong roots, and it gives it some resilience if we get really cold. Because we can get really cold here. We're all well aware of that. If you fertilize now, you are going to build up some of those roots. And they're probably going to give you one more flush of green. One more good flush of green. But don't overdo it. We don't need 10 tons of fertilizer on turf, especially when it's this warm yet. Now, with the fact that there's some rain coming, that's not a bad timing at all. Not a bad timing at all. And like I said, it will build up your turf. It will make it more resilient. Hopefully next spring, hopefully next spring, we're going to see our turfs roll out and have a great, great green look to them really set some deep roots and become more drought tolerant. Now, um, I'm getting texts about uh, junipers, cypress juniper, and parts of it are turning brown. Now, I have um, the Arizona cypress, several of them, the ones that are kind of bluish, and I have big brown patches of them in the individual trees. And they got worse during the summer. Now, with a little bit of rain, I'm just kind of waiting to see, are they going to recover? And will the brown be pushed out with new green? Those super brown leaves on the cypress, um, they're not going to be green again. You need new growth to fill that in with. You may have to cut out some of that dead brown to be able to get the tree to recover to the color you're looking for. It could be weather related. I mean, we definitely got dry and hot enough to really hurt the plant. It could be pest related. Take a, take a little bit of a branch that has brown and green on it. Doesn't have to be very big take and tap it kind of hard on a, a sheet of paper. 
tap it a few times, stop and look at the white sheet of paper and see if anything's moving. If the little dots are wandering around, that's a good indicator for mites. And they can definitely brown out the plant. Spraying them with water is not a bad idea because it can knock off the spider mites. But you will need to spray several times. It's not a spray once and that's it. You're going to have to get in there and a couple times a week and really spray them to knock all of the mites off of there. You can consider using a uh, insecticidal soap that will also kill the mites and get them gone to give the plant a chance to come back. But if it's mites, that's a relatively easy fix. If it's the weather conditions, we just need to get better weather to get out of this heat and to get a little bit of rain. And you should see stuff. If the weather has been what's been beating it to death, you should be able to see them recover with the cooler temperatures and the little bit of rain that we need. Uh, folks, Marilyn, I see you. Can you hang on there? I'm going to need to take a break in a minute. I don't have time to get you an answer for your um, question. So if you hang on, I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Marilyn. Marilyn, what can I help you with? Um, uh, I would. I just bought a one-gallon coral vine to uh, cover a um, a cedar uh, tree sh uh, stub with like five big um, arms out and. Um, I'd like to know, is this a good time of year to plant it? And if so, what kind of soil and care? I know it's supposed to grow quickly, but I don't know if this is the right time. But I, I thought it was because it was too hot before. Is, uh, are you planting it to grow on a dead tree? Yes. It's a very, okay. it's a large uh, cypress stump with like five limbs going out, but it's all dead, and I want it all covered. Okay, well, it's, it's just a little too early, just a little. Another week, and we're going to see temperatures that are going to be so much better, and we're going to get some rain. You can keep it in the container. Mm -hmm. And I, I would wait till next weekend and see what you have for temperatures showing up. But we're still in the hundreds today and tomorrow. 
And that's really hard on a newly planted plant. So it's supposed to have a really good drop in temperature the rest of this week in terms of the nighttime temperature. And then add in the fact that we may be getting rain. If you can wait another weekend, that's probably going to give you better results. Okay. And what kind of soil? And does it it doesn't does it take fertilizer or and will it die in the winter and come back or how does that work? It will lose a lot of leaves in the winter, but it will come back. The soil it is a native, so you can just throw a little bit of compost blended in to the hole you dig, and it should take off. Now, need to warn you, it is an aggressive grower, so it should easily cover what um, what you have for it to grow on. But uh, you may be surprised that it um, gets to be a pretty long vine. Well, there's nothing else around that it can attach to, so it should be the, the perfect plant for it. Thank you. And then about a bay leaf. I have a bay leaf that's been in probably a, a three-gallon pot for about four years, and it's four feet high. Um, should I just put it in a larger pot, or is it best to put it in the ground? I just use it for culinary purposes. I have one in the ground. Well, I have two in the ground, and I have one in a container. For that reason, the one in the container, I was able to provide it with water when it really needed it, and it looked horrid, but it's putting on new growth right now. The one in the ground is not putting on any more growth, but it's also not losing any leaves. You can kind of do it either way. I have seen them in containers for years, meaning put a plant in there and years later it's still growing. So if, if you are not complaining about the looks of the container, um, you can trim it a little bit to keep it from getting too big, but it will do fine in a container for quite a while. If you put it in the ground, you always have the risk of a hard freeze, and that will really um, shock it. But I'm amazed because I will have ones that have frozen to the ground and come back. So now, if I trim this a bit on the top there, will it uh, brush out or bush out or not? Um, that is what I've been doing to mine. Okay. I've been trimming it, and I see it get a little bushier every time I do. Okay. And do you have time for a kefir lime question? Sure. I have a kefir lime in about a five-gallon container, and it's four feet high. And I know it'll die in the wintertime, correct? (laughs) If we have, you know, really cold. And I can trim that one, too? Yes, you can. The limes uh, and the citrus family, they handle being trimmed just fine. So you can control how much it branches out and how big it gets. And should I, uh, I've never fertilized it, should I fertilize it with um, citrus food or what kind of 
fertilizer number could I use for it? That would work fine. You could get citrus food for it, and maybe a small amount, since it's in a container, once a month. Oh, once a month. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. You are so knowledgeable. We are so blessed to have you in this area. Thank you. Well, thank you for that, Marilyn. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Ginger. Ginger, what can I help you with? Well, I had a comment about the acorn center and about squash. Um, it's my observation over many years of gardening that this may be a phenomenon, or the early drop may be a phenomenon like when the trees uh, have to put on a lot of leaves to get rid of excess moisture in the ground, that they suffer from it and then they drop those leaves later. I think this acorn drop is a result of the drought. It could be. It could be. Trees having difficulty supporting as many acorns as they put on early, early from early pollination. Yeah, and, and there are plenty of oaks that didn't produce any acorns at all this year, and that could be a relationship from the drought also. Yeah, my, mine is really dropping heavily, and uh, I guess I'm not surprised. I'm an organic gardener, and I've, it's had pretty good care over the years. Now, the other th the other thing I wanted to mention was when you were talking to the guy about the squash vine borer, my brother had a system that he used. He would take old-fashioned hat pins and go out and try to find the hole where the larva had bored into the stem, and then he would poke around with the pins, and when he located the, the squash vine borer, he would pin it uh, from with several pins so it couldn't go any further. And usually you know. his vines recovered. Yeah, I've done that before too. They used <laughs> I think to that's say an old-fashioned remedy. In, you, they used to say you inject nematodes into the stem, and I'm like, wait a minute, I've got this steel spike. I don't need to inject anything. I just need to stab the the borer. That'll kill him, and then he won't cause any more damage. But to me, that's way too much labor for something that I'm not going to get a whole lot of anyway, and I can get it cheaper in terms of labor by simply going to a farmer's market. Right, so, right. Well, I think, yes. think that's a solution for people who only have a few things to look after. Yeah. I have... Uh, I have tried all the tricks myself, too, and um, when I can simply go and get a better selection than I can grow at a farmer's market, that's the answer for me. Good idea. And the, the other thing with the hat pins, uh, if you have a yard sprinkler where some of the tiny little nozzles get stopped up, a hat pin is just the right size to, to penetrate that yeah. hole and unblock it. Yeah, I have done that before. Um, really disappointing because it's always a sprinkler that had that's like under a whole bunch of stuff that I got to crawl around on the ground to get to, but that is a quick fix for the problem. Well, thanks for all your help with the gardening questions. Well, thank you for the call. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, Scott, I see you there. 
I don't. I have to take a break in a minute, so I don't really have time to uh, to give you a good answer. So if you can hang on, I will catch you on the other side of this break. Um, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is this is Scott. Scott, what can I help you with? Morning. Um honeysuckle, how far can I cut it back? I need to repair what uh it's hanging on. Uh, you can easily remove a third. If you let it cool down a little bit right now, you could probably remove a half and you can be a little more generous than the half. I wouldn't yeah, I was going to wait for a while, like a month or two. I don't know if you have to wait that long, but that would be fine. You should be able to, you should be able to cut it back by half. If you if that'll be enough to get you to the underlying structure and fix it, I should. Um, also, amaryllis. Uh, when's a good time to repot those when they're dormant, like right before you want them to start blooming again or growing again? You can do that. Um, Sometimes people will wait till after the bloom just to make sure they get the bloom for the year. But they're not blooming now, and you you may get it early enough that transplanting it isn't going to shock it enough to prevent it from blooming this year. So if you want to transplant it, you can do so. Um, you might wait. If it's kept outside, um, it's a little hot, so that's going to stress them. But midweek, temperatures are supposed to be nice again. You could do it then. Okay, and I left both of <clears throat> excuse me, I left both of them out, and one of them started growing leaves again. Um, mm -hmm. Should I cut those leaves off to make it go into dormancy, or? But I assume it already went into dormancy if it's growing the leaves back again. You can assume it was dormant. If it's growing the leaves again, it would be great if you could keep those leaves. So if you can transplant it carefully with those leaves, you give it a bit of a head start. Okay. And when's the best time to plant gladiolus? Well, I would say Winter, normally it's September, but we were so hot this year. Uh, you could probably do mid-October on when it cools off. Okay. And one last thing. I have a few, few persimmon. Mm -hmm. um, what am I looking for as far as, are these the ones that are supposed to turn black before they fall? No. No. They'll be... Um, Mostly orange. They may be a little mottled, and they may have some dark in them. But if they turn black on you, they are way overripe. Okay. No, they haven't done that yet. I was just wondering. Uh, I have two of them, and we've never had them before, so I wanted to 
get them right and taste them. Yeah. Um, Fuyu's are, are non-astringent, meaning you don't have to wait for a frost or freeze before you can eat them. But um, ride it out. Um, you got to watch. Birds love it. So do the squirrels. So keep an eye out for that. Okay, just look for orange, orangish color. A good solid all around orange, nice and deep color. All righty. Thanks, sir. Thanks for the call, Scott. Let's go. This is um, this is Stephen. Stephen, what can I help you with? Uh, good morning, Jeff. I was I have some uh, shallot. I was wondering if they will survive uh, frost. You know, uh, yes, they will. If you're really concerned about them, and we're going to get super cold, put mm -hmm. a big uh, put a big blob of mulch or compost. Pine straw would be great on top of them until you we get through any cold like that. If we get it, if we get that cold, but I think yes, we will. They will survive it. Excellent. And um, roughly how much is the LED grow light like you have? Okay. Mine was a gift, and it is mm -hmm. like 6 inch by 12 inch. Yes, sir. And it, I, I think it was $25. And oh, I'm really cool. happy with it. It has worked very, very well. Excellent. Got it on Amazon, and they've got a bazillion models of these lights. You will have plenty of choices. Some are more expensive, and some are less expensive than that. Very good. Uh, Long-time listener, great show. Thank you. Good weekend. You too. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Yeah, folks, uh, my LED light was a gift. And uh, it was about $25. It works wonderfully. It perfectly covers a single seed tray. Nice and bright. It's a full spectrum. It's not a blue or a red. It is all spectrum of light. And um, it came with its own little stand so that I don't have to hang it. It comes off of the stand. The stand is flexible, so I can point it where it needs to be. Single on, off switch. Almost no heat from it. Um, I've had it on a, a, on a tabletop in my dining room. I've had it on uh, furniture to shine on the plants that I was trying to grow. It, it's just really worked very, very well. I I can't tell you off the top of my head which one it was. But if you look up LED grow lights, there are so many options in an incredible range of prices, a number of lights, tunability, brightness, all the things 
that you are interested in. And the pricing is pretty good. It used to be an LED light would be in the hundreds of dollars. And like I said, mine was about 25. Really happy with that too. So we're still in the hold your horses category this weekend. Without a doubt, the weather is breaking and we can hope for the best. But you may want to take a step back and make this weekend about discovering what did and didn't make it and what you need to do to help those plants out. You can start thinking about replacements or more of the same that did really well. Should be the last weekend. I know I said that last week. Should be the last weekend. And we can really start into it with both feet next weekend. Great weather, some extra rain, everything we're looking forward to. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I'm at the end of the hour. I will talk to you all again tomorrow at 8. Have a great day.